I'm Doran Hart and welcome to our third Super 8s podcast after summer series here on sportstalk.ie. This week I'm delighted to welcome back our resident panellists Sean Ogg and Shane Kern. Well Shane, um, we're approaching a big pressure time here for both managers and players alike. Um, how are preparations going with the Roscommon under-20s ahead of, ahead of the upcoming championship? Yeah, looking very good considering, you know, I mean it's, it's a difficult competition and uh, I think you know for the smaller counties it's more really of of a development a development tournament not so much a competition particularly in Connacht because it's it's um it's straight knockout uh, in in some of the others it's it's Robin which really is the right way to go if you want in weaker counties but by and large look at it there's a lot of interruption with with exams and things like that and then you've got the leaving sort of right stuck in the middle of it but. Um, having said that, look, we, we we've had a, we've had a couple of really good weeks and enjoy, enjoyable few weeks, and um, we're looking forward to the championship. We've been unfortunate to pick up three or four series injuries, and one of them to our star, to our, our county senior inter county player Kieran Lennon, who who had a picked up a thumb injury in training, and and unfortunately. Um, He's out now of, of the Connacht Championship and it's a blow as well, not only to myself, but it's a blow to, to Kevin as well. Um, had we been knocked out, he would certainly have been a player that um, we'd be looking at playing some Connacht senior football and hopefully Super 8s. But look, that's the way it is. Um, we're just looking forward now to getting going and we're playing Sligo Saturday week in Markovic Park uh, and we, we'll hope for the best in that. Yeah, um, and Shane, um, how does it work with yourself and Kevin? Do you train together or do you train separately with two different panels or... I know uh, we train separately. Uh, we train separately, but we have a very, very strong relationship. Uh, very good relationship in terms of, of sharing knowledge and things like that, and and also in terms of of um, players and and um, you know, Karen and and uh, Keen McKeown, uh James Featherston played with the seniors all this year, and Aaron Brady, and and um, all but three of them now will be with us. But unfortunately, uh, Kieran got injured. Uh, Keane McKeown there's a doubt over him as well his injury and uh, the goalkeeper James Ferguson will stay with the seniors uh, because Aaron Brady who had also played the seniors is with us so we've really worked worked very closely and you know Kevin has been really brilliant and, and uh, to us you know um, in supporting what, what we've been trying to do so it's, it's all good that way you know yeah, and do you think it's right that if you play a senior that you, sh- you should be probably taking out the under-20 competitions like the rule is or do you think there should be something done about that? Well, I, I think, look, I think there's there's a number of issues that are after cropping up with under-20 competition that need to be addressed and, and uh, I think they'll be addressed after this comp- after it's finished this year. Uh, there has to be, there should be uniformity to the competition in terms of whether it's round-robin or knockout right across the provinces. Um, that should come from, from Crow Park and you'd be hoping that that you know, when it's over, that the issues that have cropped up this year are identified and, and, and rectified. Uh, in my, my view, really, is, you know, if you're a senior county manager, I've been very fortunate enough to work with Kevin. He's taken a very um, strong stance and common sense approach to it, is that if you're an under-20 player, you play with your under-20s. Um, and if you're good enough then to play with the seniors thereafter, you play with the seniors. Uh, I don't think, though, it's fair maybe in some counties that... Um, just because you put a player on the bench, uh, he misses out then on his under-20 competition. I think that's that's very unfair. Um, and I think if counties are reliant on a crop or a large number of under-20s uh, to play senior into county football, well, then I think there's, there's something markedly wrong in, in, in the county in terms of developing the players. I think the first port call has got to be the age group that they play in, uh, prove themselves at that level, and then when they've done two or three years, maybe at certainly one or two, um, 
that they progressed in into a senior setup um, where their their uh, talents allow them to to um, progress further. Uh, there are obviously some talents um, who who are really good at 19 and 20, but I still think they should be protected in terms of their their um, abilities to play with the senior squad. Good stuff. And are you enjoying it so far, Shane? I'm loving it. Yeah, it's great. You know, there's nothing beats coaching. You know, there's the saying nothing beats playing and, and you know to a true <laughs> extent that, that is the truth as well but yeah, um, I think when you're coaching and you can see players developing and, and you can see that you know the, the, the take to the teaching and the take to your your ethos and your culture of how the, how you want to play um, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of really good things from that, that as a management team and coaches that you can take considerable pride in and, and uh, I just love being on the pitch I love being out with players and I love seeing them enjoy themselves and uh, there does be some tough love but uh, in general it's it's um, it's a lot of love and a lot of pride in what, what the players are trying to do and trying to achieve Yeah I think so I think you're doing it for your native county as well and probably a team that should have a lot of pride in yourself it, it kind of makes it all the more enjoyable and Having a look back on last weekend's games Monaghan v Tyrone I thought Tyrone would get over the line on this one but uh, Rory Began, the goalkeepers union two weeks in a row they played a large part and had a huge influence on the game what did you make of the overall game? Well, look at I mean, I have to say, you know, if you if you uh, take Ulster football and all the 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 um, poor commentary and criticism it has got over the years because of blanket defending and um, just poor skill sets of players, this game really had everything that's good about Gaelic football. Um, and you know, I suppose you get areas. Uh, the quality of the shooting was was unbelievable. Um, the quality of the interplay was 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 was, was fantastic. Uh, obviously, Rory Began had had a tremendous game, and when you wrap up his 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 game in numbers, um, it's quite 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 um, unbelievable in terms of stats. I mean, and I'm, I'm not a great believer in stats a lot of the times, but you know, kick out his kick out retention was up on the ninety percent. His placed kicks were eighty percent. And his turnovers for a goalkeeper, even four, you know, so very, very low. And um, I think he's probably now one of the, he's probably surpassed Tuxton as, as the best goalkeeper in the country um, in terms of, of what he can do uh, overall. Um, he can attack, he can, he reads the line well, uh, he plays almost as a sweeper keeper at times. Uh, but the quality of the game was brilliant, and, and both counties can take um, great, great pride in that. Um, like you you see re- scoring rates of I think Tyrone's was seventy two percent, Monaghan sixty seven or sixty eight. That's a phenomenal scoring return um, from from any team. Monaghan attacked thirty nine times and had twenty nine shots. Uh, Tyrone's thirty attacks yielded twenty four shots. So, I mean that's amazing amazing type of statistic that we're not we're not used of uh, from Ulster football. That's exactly it, Shane. I, I just want to t- take a point about you. Um, Monaghan, they had a, a very a lot of the players were over thirty, and compared to the Tyrone players, I thought Tyrone had outrun them. You had Vinnie Corey at thirty-five, Connor McManus at thirty, Daisy Moan at thirty-three. They're probably breaking the mould for inter-county panels nowadays, and compared to some other panels, I don't know what the rest common panel, what the breakup it is, but I don't know the Westmead panel. It's all very young. There's a lot of lads in their early twenties, um, and they probably were key figures on the day. Well, it's it's funny the the, the contradictions that does be from uh, game to game and the anom- anomalies that does draw up. If uh, the week before, uh, and I said it myself, I think you know, um, and I suppose Mayo don't have as much, or Monaghan don't have as much baggage as Mayo. But 
Mayo had six or ended up with six or seven players on the pitch over 30 last weekend and everyone was saying that they were an old team. Uh, Monaghan ended up with six players on the pitch over 30 and everybody says it was experience that got them over the line. <laughs> so it's funny how the contradictions can be looked at in different different ways by different commentators and different um, principals like ourselves. But, uh, you know, I think um, you know, Monaghan are a team that, you know, they should be looking at All-Ireland semi-finals and possibly All-Ireland finals and, and haven't got that, despite being a very consistent team in the Ulster Championship, and also having retained Division 1 status for quite a number of years now, they haven't made that breakthrough at a really elite level, you call it, an All-Ireland quarter-final level or All-Ireland semi-final level. So that will be the next challenge for Maliki O'Rourke uh, and his team to see can they actually break break the duck, break that glass ceiling that they've been meeting and get to a, an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland final this season. There's no doubt they have the quality of players. You know, the number of lads that you mentioned there, uh, and in Conor McManus, they've one of the, the best players in the country, without a doubt, uh, and certainly one, the best forward. And uh, he's, he's unerringly accurate, um, brilliant from, from, from either side, and knows how to knit the game as well when, when there's sweepers around. So... Um, look, that's the next challenge for them. It'll be interesting to see can they meet that challenge, you know. But I wouldn't discount Tyrone either just yet. I think uh, they are going through transition. Uh, they're a bit like Arsenal, maybe in many ways. Um, maybe Mickey is there too long, um, but there doesn't seem to be any um, rush to, to certainly oust him. And, and uh, it was interesting that I seen Peter Canavan uh, sticking up for his old manager, which was good to see uh, during the week as well, and uh, not putting the boat into him. It does small margins. I think Monaghan uh, edged it out because they were slightly had slightly the better forwards, and and obviously Rory Began. Yeah, I know. And it, interesting to see that Peter Canavan came out in support after Sean Cavanagh's comments. He kind of stuck the boot in a small bit and saying that Mickey Hart's system is stifling some of the most creative forwards up in Tyrone. Um, I know he's not part of the panel anymore, but you still think uh, it's a bit unusual for a player to play that long with Mickey Hart and probably had the trust he had to come out with them sort of comments the week before the championship. Yeah, I, I found it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, in some ways, a brave comment. Um, in some ways, look, he's maybe saying it as he felt himself. Um, he, probably feels that Tyrone need to change maybe the way and style of playing um, he may feel over the last number of years that his own game was stifled because of uh, how they played uh, I, personally f- speaking I, I don't think really um, Tyrone uh, have the players now that they used to have and they have to probably play a little bit different and be a little bit more more um, creative uh, in other ways from, from the half back line and also the, the defenders they have are not just cut from the same cloth as the, the ones of old either. So that's why they yeah. need so many many players in around the ball. They don't they don't defend in or don't trust themselves to defend one on one. Um, and probably seen seen the the, the 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 results of that the weekend. You know, Monaghan having a seventy percent shooting accuracy. Um, that's kind of untold of at this level, uh, particularly against a team like Tyrone that will be traditionally seen as a very, very um, strong defensive unit that not only couldn't defend one-on-one, but can defend, obviously, in numbers as well. Um, it was unusual for Kavanagh to come out with that, but, you know, maybe he, that's the way he feels, and uh, if he, that's the way he feels, he's to be, you know, applauded for saying it. Um, but Peter is also to be applauded for, for maybe standing up for, for, for uh, his manager as well, and I think loyalty counts for a lot, and... Uh, 
doesn't seem to be much loyalty on, on Sean Cavanagh's shoulders at the moment. Just getting on to that loyalty thing there, I was reading an article by um, Michael Quirk in the Examiner today and he was talking about loyalty and he ta- couldn't believe that um, Brian Gavin, we're not going back to that again, but he couldn't believe the ammunition that Brian Gavin had on the off management. Do you think it's imperative if you're in a dressing room that there's that trust there that nothing to get out? He was saying down in Kerry that they wouldn't, no one would even dream ask how the team was going because no one would tell anything there, it wouldn't be gotten out and he couldn't believe the amount of information. Do you think it's imperative that there's that trust within a dressing room? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's usually usually important. Um, the things like that, um, you know, are are kept in house. Uh, look at the awfully situation. Um, certainly, um, wasn't something that was nice uh, on all sides. I think it, it was difficult for the the incumbent manager uh, that was there, and probably difficult for the board as well to take the decisions they made. Um, I spoke about it last week. I, I think these yeah. things are, are best um, sometimes. Um, Best said, least mended. And uh, but you get that in small counties, you know, you get a lot of innuendo, you get a lot of rumours flying around, you get this, that, and other. And a lot of them, a lot of would, you know, when you peel back the, the layers of the onion, um, are false, you know. And um, we have this with this this ability uh, to dramatise everything. Obviously, Buffalo have moved on. Um, have to have loyalty in the dressing room to have success. Uh, and that's the starting point. Um, but players also, I suppose, and managers have to have to take responsibility uh, when things go wrong. And, and um, sometimes when, when they do go wrong, uh, it's the guys that you don't probably want to have in the dressing room that let you down. Yeah, I suppose that's exactly it. Moving on to the Fermanagh Armagh game, who's a poor encounter by all accounts, especially from an Armagh point of view. They only kicked two points from play over the over the seventy minutes. And after seeing them against Westmead earlier on the year, I thought these would be real contenders for Ulster. I thought they'd power, pace, everything. But Kieran McGinney's woes in Ulster seems to have continued for another year. Um, it was poor stuff all around, Shane. Except from Armagh. Yeah, I believe so. Maybe. Obviously, I mean, you know, with Archie not covering it and. Uh, not having having been able to see it live or, or even extended highlights, it's very hard uh, to 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 come and in total in the game. Obviously, you know, scoring seven points in in seventy five or eighty minutes now as games are, and as you said, two points from play and um, so many things. You know, there's a lot of injuries are made to be fair, and obviously Jamie Clark is in New York, and um, it, again, you know, Armagh are one of these countries that you probably can't afford to be playing without a half a dozen of your best players. Um, and every county suffers when that when that is the case. You have to have your best players on the pitch, and you have to have to, to be competitive. And obviously, look at Fermanagh. Um, Rory's gone in there and used experience he's had with with uh, Johnny Gall to good good stead, and he's back in his native county. Um, he knows the players he has. He he's getting the best players out on the pitch. And you know it was a deserved win for them. Um, it's hard to see now where for them. Uh, you know, I don't think the the squad to, to really do well in in the back door. They'll have at least four games. I think the same as Tyrone. Um, Tyrone are probably better equipped, but it does depend on the draw. If you can get a decent draw, get a bit of momentum behind you, you can. But um, it seems there is a, an inherent lack of quality in that Amara squad, and and uh, um, to date. Um, Geezer has just been unable to, to get that quality out of them. 
Yeah, no, I think there was only six survivals from last year's quarterfinal, which is a huge attritional race, you'd have to say, it in, even at inter-county level. And they probably are very overlaying on, on the likes of Ethan Rafferty. Uh, do you think it was poor, like I don't know about you now, I know Sean Og will have him on after a while to talk about this, but I was all hurling out after the weekend. I wouldn't mind seeing, a certain, especially the quality of that my own Monaghan Tyrone game. Do you think it should have been shown live on TV? Ah, it should. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that, you know, in, in this day and age that, even if, you know, TG4 do show delayed coverage of the game, um, you know, people want to see games like that. And, and I know it's hard, hard to get everything right, but uh, you'd imagine a game of that magnitude that is probably one of the top games. I mean, Monaghan, Toronto is kind of similar to Dublin Mead back in the 90s or Cork and Kerry when they were competitive. And um, one would have to say that, Connacht now is probably as competitive with three teams as 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 Ulster is with 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 nine, you know. But uh, they are two of the like leading lights, along with Donegal, um, you know, possibly Cavan and Fermanagh, and or maybe in the next next line. But uh, that's a big game. It's 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 a game between, I think, the teams that have won seven out of the last ten Ulster titles. So um, between them, uh, along with Donegal. Um, you know, it should be on telly, and there's no doubt that there's a look at their their package uh, going forward and uh, see if 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 uh, if something can be done to ensure that these games are brought to us some way or shape or form because the Sunday game just can't do them justice, you know. Yeah, no, certainly agree with you there. And um, I suppose I certainly think it was a knockout game rather than a round robin game that the other games were that they certainly could could have shown it. Uh, m- moving down to Munster, Shane, uh, Shane um, it was a big fallout between uh, County Board and the Limerick manager after their defeat to Clare at the weekend. Uh, they were really outclassed in the game, and Billy Lee seemed to have some uh, harsh comments. The, I don't know what exactly went on between himself and the County Board, but he seemed to think, think there was a big injustice done there. They didn't have some of the players available to him. Um, it's very tough with these counties if if sorry, the county board are pulling against you? Uh, well, look, at if, if you have a board that's pulling against you, you know, you're better off in the Atlantic than on the pitch because um, with a block on your head because uh, it's impossible work um, if you have that those sort of restraints um, placed upon you. And he, he was obviously now very, very um, um, mad, I suppose, really, is the word. He was also very frustrated and he cut a very... Uh, lonely figure in terms of, you know, what what the players were getting and what they weren't getting. And there seems to be a complete lack of just respect, I think, um, for, for the players down there uh, and the management uh, by the board. And sometimes I think, you know, there's a couple of counties like that, you know, that um, hurling is probably um, at the top of the triangle and football is a poor, poor relation. And uh, consequently, then the management of the football team suffer. And... Uh, Limerick hurlers are are, are, are cutting, a, cutting a nice dash, I suppose, for themselves, and they seem to have a bit of hope. Uh, but the footballers um, are been left behind, and it's sad to see, really. You know, I think, but it, there's a wider issue here. Again, it's about the resourcing of county boards and uh, how county boards are going to be resourced in the future, uh, and the role the Crow Park plays in resourcing them as well. And maybe if Limerick um, had had a had a budget again at the beginning of the year, or whatever it may be, for their footballers. Uh, and administrators aligned to that, that um, these type of, of issues uh, wouldn't arise and, and they could work seamlessly uh, in parallel with their, with their hurling brethren. But uh, I think there's similar issues in Cork, certainly with the hurlers and footballers. There's a similar issue in Tipperary. Um, 
and 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 that's something that you know you have in dual counties uh, probably similarly in, in Offaly. Um, so it, is, it, it does cause trouble. Um, I'm, I'm delighted we don't have that issue in Roscommon. <laughs> you know, if it's the hurlers in Roscommon, yeah, I suppose it epitomises this fact and the, the reality of it is there was only 2,000, just over 2,000 at the football game when there was over 20,000 at the, the game the next day between Limerick and Tipperary. Um, yeah. Do you think, uh, think Clare have probably more skills or more, more artillery than they had in other years to put it up to Kerry? Well, Colin Collins has done a great job there, um, and obviously Mick Bowen was down there with him beforehand and coaching and that, and 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 you know you can see they're 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 a well drilled, well coached team. Um, you know they're a strong team around the middle third of the field. Uh, they've got decent forwards. Um, can they trouble Kerry? I think they can. Um, I think Kerry are are, are uh, a team in transition. Uh, with a lot of young players that are coming through now, and you know sometimes while you can get a good league under as a young player, nothing nothing really prepares you uh, for the championship like the championship. And uh, Clare are a hard, battled hard inside now at this stage. And if the if if the day went well for them and they got off to a good start and they got 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 a good platform, um, it's something that you know you you wouldn't I wouldn't rule out. Um, uh, maybe a shock on the cards. Uh, you'd find, really, that suppose tradition stands to carry, but uh, it, not always. There's always one shock maybe comes every so often, and, and uh, Clare could be set up under on the column there to to trouble Kerry. And I think this will, they'll find is their best best chance to do so um, with the change in personnel in the Kerry squad and, and the reliance probably on younger players to perform now. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with you, especially if I suppose to be very reliant on if Gary, hinge on whether Gary Brennan plays well or not, if he can get the platform in midfield, I think they have some chance to be a yeah, well, big Gary's matchup a between huge, himself huge and David Moore. Yeah, he's, he's a huge player for them and, and obviously, um, you know, if, if they can get a platform there in the middle third uh, with Gary playing well and, and, and that, um, it's a big, big help for, for Clare and he's a huge plus for them, um, one of the best midfielders in the country. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of something that clearly be hoping that they can they can grab a foothold in around the middle third and, and get enough ball into the forwards to to um, latch on to whatever whatever question marks there are over the defence. Moving on to the Tipperary Waterford game, Shane. Tipperary kind of swiped uh, Waterford aside, I suppose, like they were supposed to, 20 points to nine. But the big issue here is uh, Liam Kearns is a big issue with the six day turnaround. Um, I suppose with like Connor Sweeney and they're nursing uh, injuries, and he's hoping to have them right for the Cork game. Do you, do you see where he's coming from? Do you think he should have an issue oh, with I it? Think it's, I think I, I I've huge sympathy for Liam there. I have I, I, huge, huge sympathy for him. Um, I think it's ridiculous. I, I really do. Um, that when 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 um, fixtures committee sit down uh, to draw plans for a championship, that they leave a team with a six-day turnaround. That wouldn't happen with any of the big boys, uh, and and nor should it happen um, in terms of of preparation and things like that. I think it's. You know, it's, it's, there's no reason why that game shouldn't be put, couldn't be put back to a fortnight. Uh, give them an extra week, um, and I think it's very, very unfair, um, and it shouldn't happen again. Um, and I think the day is coming there where, where teams will just say, "Look, we're not playing, and that's it," and, and just strike out. And I just wonder where where the GPA are and all this, um, in terms of player welfare and in terms of uh, respectability for the players. 
why aren't they stepping up to the plate and asking questions of, of who they should be asking questions of when these type of things um, arise? And uh, I think Liam Kearns is right uh, and just to, to, to highlight the issue. And it's an issue that should never, ever crop up again. Yeah, so you don't think you you think it wouldn't happen to any of the bigger counties, and you think the G, GPA are certainly not doing enough. Well, well, I don't think I, I don't think they're you know they're there to to be a guardian of the player and and there to be a guardian of of the competitions and the integrity of the competition and the whole integrity of the competition. Um, you know, it, it surrounds uh, the welfare of the player. If the player isn't been minded properly, he can't perform properly. If he can't perform properly, uh, because he's not getting enough rest. Well, then it's duty bound on the GPA then to say, look, this shouldn't be happening. Um, and we can't have that. And I think when the fixtures come out at the, at the beginning of the year, any anomalies that they are in the fixtures should be addressed. And, um, you know, bring the, the relevant stakeholders together and ensure that these type of things don't happen. It shouldn't happen. Uh, and it wouldn't happen, as I said, if it was one of the big boys. But, uh, you know... Um, I, I alluded to it earlier on Tipperary football uh, is not in the same place maybe as Tipperary hurling um, but it's very unfair and even in terms of you know preparation of, of, of getting together getting your team ready for, for, for Cork how your management would go about doing your analysis and all that type of thing you can't be preemptive um, and take an opponent for, for, for granted like Waterford um, because players may take their eye off the ball and then you're you're trying to balance the books in, ter- ter- in terms of getting ready for a game um, from a professional point of view uh, and having everything right without without having the time frame to do so. And, and I think that's very unfair on any manager or, or group of players. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It could galvanise the players for this weekend, though. Uh, 7 o'clock Saturday evening, uh, it's fixed for... But it certainly could uh, give them that age over Cork at the weekend. Oh, well, it wouldn't be any surprising. Tipperary have made huge, huge strides. Um, I suppose they've been burdened by the fact that they've lost a number of players. Um, Archison has still gone, I think, for the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of players that went there after after last year and the year before, but Tipperary, a formidable side now. I, I've seen them against Roscommon in the league. They're a formidable team, and obviously with Sweeney, there's issues maybe over his fitness, but um, they've got very good forwards. They're really good around the middle of the park. Uh, they move the ball really well. They transition well. Uh, they've got good foot passers. They've got good scorers. Um, they're an attractive team to watch. And, and Cork are really, Cork are really abysmal, I suppose, at the moment. Uh, nobody knows what you're going to get from them. But they're not structured. They're not organised. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any investment either from the county board in their in their futures. Um, and you know, I I I I think that Tipperary will be justifiable favourites for this particular game the weekend. Yeah, no, I think if especially if um, Connor Sweeney is fit, and then you've like so Michael Quinlevin, I think he was very good at the weekend, even though he didn't put up a huge score. I think he was a great focal point in the full forward line, and they just did enough to really outpoint to probably outclass Waterford in the end. Um, a couple of other games at the weekend, Shane Leitrim Ross Commons this weekend, uh, your own native county. Um, do you think? I suppose Roscommon were rightly favourites for this. Um, probably Carrick and Shannon is not an easy place to go to. All the same. No, but I think you know. I suppose over the last number of years, um, the gap has widened really between um, two or three counties in Connacht. Um, certainly, the gap has widened between Leitrim and and the rest. Um, that would be fair to say. Uh, having said that, with respect, you know, 
Leitrim could always um, muster a challenge to Roscommon, uh, but over the last couple of years, um, that challenge has dwindled quite considerably. Uh, and Roscommon, you know, look, it will be favourites down in Carrigashan, there's no doubt about that. The gap between a Division 3, Division 4 side now, and even Division 2 and Division 3, 4 side, is quite considerable in Roscommon next year, Division 1 team. And um, I suppose Kevin will be looking at it as, as a, a competitive game. Uh, it's, an, it's a Connacht semi-final after all, and... and uh, before before probably a, a Connacht final against Galway but uh, that's not to count the chickens or anything I think um, Leitrim got a, a major major shock in, in uh, New York Roscommon got a major shock in New York two years ago as well um, and we're lucky to come out of it uh, and sometimes you know getting a game like that can galvanise you a little bit and give you a small bit of confidence coming into something so um, Roscommon won't be taking them for granted but um You'd have to expect that that we could come out of the outer character Shannon with, as I said, a three to five point victory. Yeah, no, I think you you probably could be right, Shane. Um, the one team I'm tipping for a shock at the weekend, well, I don't know, it would be a major shock, but Kildare v Carlo, I think, uh, even though they're in a division below them, I think Carlo are riding on the crest of a wave, and I think they're in the right, going the right direction. Uh, I think Longford played Mead on Sunday, Dublin Wicklow, and Derry Donegal. Do you fancy any of that? There's probably a lot of favourites in all them games. Uh, maybe probably apart from the Longford Mead game, it's probably a 50-50. Um, any any teams standing out for you on, at the weekend? Yeah, well, I, I, I would concur with you there. I think um, Carlo, um, Carlo are a decent side. Uh, Kildare kind of, I don't know, they're 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 a hard team to figure out. Um, they always look like they look like Real Madrid, but they don't necessarily play like the Gaelic football equivalent to Real Madrid. But uh, Carlo, I think, are, are are growing, and they're a team that um, are, are getting very very strong. Uh, very good manager, you know. Um, He's worked real, real wonders with them. They're a unified bunch. Uh, I've seen them playing Roscommon in a challenge there a number of weeks back. Uh, they have a good structure to the team. They know they know what's expected of each other in, in, in certain positions right around the park. And, and uh, they've been very, very competitive over the last number of years. They've found a system that suits their players. Uh, you know, they ran Dublin to, I think, eight points last year. We're very competitive for 45, 50 minutes. And... Um, they're a team that that's shown that you know if you can get together, uh, get twenty five or thirty lads uh, committed to a cause, that you can make you can make um, progress. And uh, Kildare, as I said, you know it's hard to know what you're going to get with them, um, and they've been struggling for consistency. Uh, and yeah, you know, if you were tipping any team there, I'd probably be be, be tipping Carlo. Well, Shane, one of the big issues this week, and I suppose it's every inter-county manager and club club manager has to deal with is player, players leaving for America. I know one of my own club mates, one of probably the more high-profile players to go is James Dolan. And for me, I think he's dead right to go. Yeah. Um, I think one of the big motivations for him going is that he had no job for the summer. He's finished teaching in a couple of weeks the contract he's on and he was going out looking for lo- looking for a part-time job and he's thinking to himself, here, wh- what am I doing myself here? I have a good opportunity to go to America and m- make a few quid. Do you, do you think players are right to go, or, or do you think um, there should be maybe a, a ban on them going? Or what do you, what's, your, what's your overall thoughts on it? Um, no, there should not be a ban on them going. I, I, I think until we, we get our act in our house in order and have proper competition structures, the prospect of a semi-professional game, a professional game in America thriving um, becomes more and more apparent. Um, while at home, 
um, players are struggling to get their mileage and whatever else in the weaker counties. I, I think they're, they're, they're great to go. Um, I'd have to, you know, you'd have to congratulate as well the diaspora in America to bring over the players and pay them the few quid. It'd be actually great if, if we could actually pay players here, maybe a few quid to keep them here uh, over the summer or get them jobs that, su- that can support their careers, um, whether it be coaching or not, or certain, or just even play games. Um, I think if you had a game structure that um, allowed them to um, stay at home, um, they wouldn't be necessarily wanting to travel. But the lure of America, um, the lure of going to the... Chicago's, the Boston's, the San Francisco's and the New York's, man, just, we have a young fella actually going to Hawaii and I said to him this evening, I said, where are you going How is there any football team down there? He says, no, but there's a lot of women <laughs> so you, you can't blame them really, you know um, you just can't blame them for going and enjoying themselves and having a bit of crack they can make a few quid, uh, they can maybe sometimes get themselves through college on that few pound and uh, it, it's just um just the way it is, because there's no there's no club football here. I mean, in Roscommon, there's no club football really from from May and out through to September, save for a few league games. And players won't stay for that. Um, they want to get out and they want to enjoy themselves. And and uh, you know, f- good luck to them. Um, I just wish I was a young fella again. I'd nearly be gone every summer myself um, <laughs> for the crack and and a few few beers, no pressure, and get a few pounds for playing. You know, so it's a utopian ideal. Yeah, I suppose, especially when the club structure is gone. I think out, out in Bridges and, and Roscommon, I know it's a bit different in the Westmead way, Westmead structures, but you played two games already, Shane, and you're probably not going to play again until the middle end of August uh, at the earliest. And I suppose it's ideal for players in that situation who are not involved with a county team to go off and play and try and make a few quid for the summer. Look, I suppose in one way, it's a great thing about the GA that it allows the players to go uh, to the states, certainly the high-profile players that can go and play maybe in, in um, high-profile games, and as I said, make a few quid and then come back and maybe support uh, a career or support their, their studies or whatever it may be. So, um, the people out there are, are to be congratulated um, for supporting players like that. And it's a big sacrifice, you know. You're gone, you're gone for four or five months, and you're away from home and all that. But for most players, it's it's um, it's a good experience. Uh, the, the seriousness now of, of inter-county football, one would have to look and say, is there is there going to be further further question marks about retaining these players? And if so, how do you retain them? How do you keep them here? And if we are to go down the road of some sort of compensation package, uh, be that tax rebates, which I think is, is certainly a cost-effective way of doing it, um, a neutral cost-effective way of doing it. Um, we need to exercise and maybe explore some of these areas that will stop the vast majority of players from going, really good players from weaker counties going to the States to take up the opportunity to play semi-professional Gaelic football. I think the Sports Council, there was an issue with the grant from last year as well. I think a lot of players haven't been paid this year for, or even got their, it's not even been paid, should I say. They're, it's kind of their grant money. It's not. It's only a, about a thousand euro, not even that for, for all their um, probably uh, training that they do and that kind of thing last year. And I don't think that's been paid for last year, even, even to date. Um, if that was an international rugby player or club rugby player or a League of Ireland players, to be fair, I know I know my experience of League of Ireland would be poor <laughs> in terms of getting paid. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm sure there's many other League of Ireland players like that, thousands of them. But I think really we have to get serious about how we're going to look at compensating and looking after players. The amount of, of commitment required far outweighs the, the opportunities that that the game gives, and um, 
Notwithstanding, I'm sure that anyone that plays inter-county football gets a lot of enjoyment out of it. But the lure of going to America is bringing players from the weaker counties over straight away. The opportunities, really, for these players in in the marginalised counties to actually you know, go through competitions and have something meaningful at the end of it is minimal. Uh, we know the strong are getting stronger, um, but I think there has to be um, some alignment, uh, some joined up thinking between the Gaelic Players Association, the government, uh, Crow Park, and the players themselves to say, look, at this needs to stop. We need to be compensated. And uh, I think you'd find that there will be a lot of, a lot of uh, um, support for players in particular who give so much of their time in the pursuit really of non-glory uh, apart from a few counties um, I can't see that being sustainable in the future unless uh, they are compensated Great stuff Shane well, it's brilliant talking to you as always um, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on next week and I don't know how you're going with your predictions so far but I'm not having a, a, a very good one I had tipped a, a lot of the, the losing teams at the weekend and hopefully things improve this weekend I'm actually getting on better tipping the stick fighters than I am the football footballers. Sean always getting on better with the footballers than the stick fighters. I that wouldn't be fair. I think he got he got he got everything fairly well on the ball last week. Um, so look at I'm going reading up. I, I'm not going to Paddy Power this week. I'm just going to sit on the fence. Uh, I I'm going back at some of the the, the, the lights or lesser lights uh, maybe to on the what do you call it on the, on the handicap. And, and see where that brings me. Um, a couple of two euro accumulators might might go on and, and uh, see can I have a bit of crack that way. Um, it's not like not, not like you to sit on the fence, Shane. Are you getting no, soft in your no, old age? No, I'm getting soft in my old age. Yeah, I hope we'll be chatting next week anyway. Look forward to all that, fellas. Once again, it's great to be joined by Sean Oga Halpine to discuss some of the hurling action. But we, before we get into that, Sean Oga, I'd just like to... A big break of news down in Cork this week was the retiring of Rena Buckley. Um, she was probably one of the most decorated uh, ladies footballers and camogie players of all time. Had you many dealings with her over the years? One of the all-time greats, a smashing lady, by could mean anyone nice or no. And um, you know you're in greatness, by when you're with her, like, kinda inspirational, kinda, and um, you talk to ladies that have played with her, she was probably one of the few there, like, the what you call it, she'd go down the trenches with you. And, um, and what a fitting end to a career, yeah? It, it came with a tinge of sadness for all Cork Gales, do you know what I mean? But you couldn't argue with her general decision because basically she's won everything in the game and couldn't do no more and then I mean to finish up with 18 all Ireland's like you know girls there like and uh, the length of breath of Ireland would dream of one like and there she's done it 18 times so you know can Irina take a bow uh, she's been an inspirational kind of player on and off the field she's been a great role model yeah it's absolutely some hall of medals and some achievements and uh, people forget about all the hard training that goes with, with to win them eighteen titles, it's um, certainly uh, they don't think it'll don't think it'll ever be equaled. M- moving on to the hurling last weekend, Sean, have you wiped the smile off your uh, off your face? Uh, a good start to this round robin series for for your own native Cork. It was it was do you know what? It was a smashing win for Cork because I tell you why the way the games are going to go in months for the next couple of weeks, man. I'm telling you, any two points that you can get on the board, man, is golden. Uh, I know Cork and Limerick. Uh, they drew first blood with their victories. 
it's it's going to be like a roller course over the next couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like there's going to be ups and downs for teams, but just to have just to have the comfort that you have two points on board is is, is fantastic. If Cork can back up the performance and go to Turles and get a win, I go as far as to say they probably guarantee their you know to be. Uh, they've guaranteed one of the three spots, right? Um, but that's the big if now after the weekend that Tipperary have had. It'd be foolish to cock now to go in next Sunday thinking like that, that they have it in the bag. Bad as Tipper of the weekend, they're not a bad team. I'd say Tip will be eyeing this one more than anyone because they know they have to win. Just going back to the Limerick Tipperary game, I didn't think it had the intensity probably of the Clare Cork game. Would you yeah. would you agree with that? A lot of that had to do with probably the way Tip went into it. Like I I I I'm baffled on by by Tipperary. They have smashing players. Pound for pound, I think they have a better panel. They're the most skillful unit like you'll ever meet. But they're just not. They're just not showing it for some strange reason. And rarely have I seen in my lifetime Pereira score five points from play. Like you know, that tells his own story. Like and especially with the caliber of players that they have, you know, playing with him. I wouldn't say it's a mini crisis for him. They say teams can turn fairly quickly. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and it can. Their season's not over by any matter of means. But if if they if they repeat that same intensity or same commitment and determination, like they ain't gonna go far this year. Just taking you up on that, what did you think of Michael Ryan's antics um, after the game? He kind of, this media ban and all of a sudden now he's back talking to the media again. He's kind of putting himself under uh, unwanted pressure maybe, or maybe he's taking the pressure off the players after the weekend. It could be a deferral tactic, but I suppose it's all, it, 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 he has to win at the weekend, you, you would think. Oh, absolutely, Dorn. Like, like, to be honest, so this is non-negotiable, no. They have, to, they have to go and they have to win because basically if they don't win... They're zero and two down, right? With Waterford to play, right? And clear. Only even teams that need points as well. Do you know what I mean? So um this is a huge game for them, right? You know, equally, equally as big for Cork as well. If you were to call it going into this Sunday's game, you'd say Cork based on the form of the weekend. It's not form necessarily going into the game, like you know that'll win it. Cork and Tip like connect games. They take they take on like a world of its own as a different dynamic. Tip need to turn up, simple as like you know what I mean. They need to turn up, and I just got the feeling from Tip like that last Sunday. No matter what happened, that they felt like that they were going to win it. Do you know what I mean? And they forgot that they needed to play. That's the way. That, that was my read on it. Like, do you know what I mean? Kind of, uh, and that was grand thinking that way, but they didn't apply themselves. Like, uh, and back to Michael Ryan. For me, you go with to try and test it. Like, and Michael Ryan, do you know what I mean? Started debutants there. Left guys on the bench and a seriously like kind of backfired for him. Like I worked with a couple of temporary people. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I would know Michael. He's as solid as a come. Like do you know what I mean? He's 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 very conservative, solid. Do you know what I mean? Kind of no flash or kind of for him to make those calls was very ballsy call. Like do you know what I mean? And um, leaving fellas with all Ireland's like and the do you know what I mean on the bench. Having said that, though, when they were brought in, they weren't much better, do you know what I mean? But I think by them starting, would have put probably more stabilised kind of shape on the team, do you know what I mean? Uh, which it didn't. Um, obviously, he's going to have to make changes because basically that team 
if they go next Sunday with the same application, they won't win it. So he's probably probably going to see Michael Breen, Brendan Maher, and Jamie Callan star next Sunday. And then not to talk to the media afterwards, that was the strangest call of all time. Like, I'd say he was so livid with the display. I'd say he just didn't want to talk to... Generally, he just wanted to get home straight away. Like, But unfortunately, that's part and parcel like, of sport. Do you know what I mean? And especially for your manager... Whether you win a lot, you know, you got to take the rough as well as the smooth. And then part of that involves, you know, fronting up to the media and then basically come with me, whatever questions they give you, you, you just going to have to face it, take it on the chin. And in his case, he knows he knew it was going to be ugly, but he had to go through it, like, you know, but he didn't. And it looked bad, like. But thankfully, someone must have got some common sense into him or there must have been pressure from outside because... He did give an interview today, which would have been a step. Do you think he should have stuck to his guns and said that four weeks, or do you think he was right to to, to break when he? I know. I think when he backed himself into the corner, he was. I, obviously, pressure came from from outside somewhere, and I think he was nearly as well to stick to his guns and show his strength. But I had to because yeah, I had to because if he had stuck to his guns, he would have made that interview. Like I, I, I'd say, someone from the Tipperary County Board must have said, "Look, Michael." See, it was different, different ball game done if they had a one. There would have been no issue if they would have won it. Oh, there'd be no issue whatsoever, right? But when they didn't win, it just looked bad. And then probably, do you know what? Sometimes there, it becomes bigger than what you are. Other stakeholders, like, do you know what I mean? Like, what more bigger say than Michael would have had an ear to him and say, look, Michael, you need to do an interview. I didn't listen to his interview in his full entirety. I don't know whether he just... Did he admit that he was wrong or did he say... Look, no, I actually didn't, didn't hear it myself, to be honest, Sean Oak. Look, the fact that he's done it now, I think it'll calm down an awful lot of people. And I think it was the right thing to do to quench it because if he didn't do it, Dorn, like, you know, the closer it'll come to the game, like, they'll be still talking about it. I certainly agree with you there, Sean Oak. Just, just moving back to the... To the- Cork and Clear game, Sean Oak. I thought the efficiency of Pat Horgan in comparison to probably Shane O'Donnell uh, was probably a big key, key key factor in the game. I thought Shane O'Donnell probably won a lot of ball and looked very dangerous, but he probably didn't get the scores that his uh, performance deserved. Whereas I thought Pat Horgan was very efficient up front and everything he touched seemed to seem to go over the bar. What what was your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? You have your finger on the pulse there, man. Can I? In, in ways, Doran, do you know what? It's all about working smarter than harder. Do you know what I mean? At times, not all the time, but at times. Um, and Cork were able to get their scores more easier than Clare. As you say, Clare had to work harder. And I had the feeling that, that both sets of forwards, right? If any set of forwards were to dominate, you know, I would have felt like that they would have won the game. Cork's forwards dominated, right? More than Clare's forwards. But well, what helped out was the Cork defence. I thought the Cork defence was much better than the Clare defence. And the monk the ball did the turnover or the pressure that they played in the Clare forwards was fantastic. And then that for me laid the foundation. Then do you know what I mean? And then and then what makes it easier, Dorn, is you know when you're playing as a back, you have no problem putting in the you know extra tackle, extra hook, extra block when you know when the ball is going up the other side of the pitch and you're getting what you call it you're getting a return from it. Yeah, as soon as you, when Shane O'Donnell's missing them, it kind of deflates everyone a small bit. In front of oh, of like, there's nothing thing. worse for the back when in the hard ball, getting it up, and then basically you're not turning them into scores. Like, Cork's backs were rewarded for their great work, do you know what I mean, by the Cork forwards. For me, man, on paper, 
if Cork can get Harnady, Lahan, Patrick Horgan, play consistently that all year, like, until you know, Cork have a great chance. What was your overall take of the Munster round robin, uh, Sean Og? I, I, I kind of felt that Cork, I fancy Cork to win that game, you know, um, as, as poor as Tipper in the league final, I thought that they would like kind of use this first round like to kind of really set their tone for the championship. Do you know what I mean? To draw a line from the league. We didn't see that. Um, do you know what I mean? It was a mixed bag. And you're probably fine with these formats, Doran, like it's going to be mixed bags. Like as as these next few weeks will go on and as we get to the, you know, say the business end of the, the round robin format, you'll probably see, you'll probably see more probably true reflection and you probably see more like kind of teams that have a few games behind them at that stage do you know what I mean so they'd be well oiled this week what I call is like if I put it in boxing terms boxers using their left jab just to suss it out that's that that's what last week was about so the left jab and then basically trying to open up trying to open up then like for a big right hook or something like that do you know what I mean which I think will come from this week onwards, probably more not this week, but next week. Yeah, Tipper probably the big team under pressure this weekend. Um, just moving on to the Leinster, I suppose uh, that this got underway this weekend as well. And uh, Wexford had came from behind, I suppose, to beat Dublin in injury time once again. And Dublin, uh, I don't think they played as well uh, by all accounts. I didn't see the match now, but I don't think they played as well by all accounts as they did against Kilkenny. But still, to to lose the game in, in injury time, they'll be very disappointed. Oh, absolutely shattered, man. To repeat what happened the week before, I, I I know it can happen to anyone, but like you are from wonder, like you know what I mean. Kind of after a loss, you have to sit down and you have to weigh up, like you know what can we learn from this game, like and not exactly a carbon copy, but it was like you know the manner of defeat, like they had victory in their hands and it was taken the last, you know what I mean, kind of at the last draw, the last grasp, like and that would eat into Dublin, like you know what I mean, like Dublin potentially, like. Like their name should be in concrete, like do you know what I mean, for the next series, like or if not competing for the Leinster final. Their first two weeks, there were vicious draws now, Kilkenny and they play Kilke- uh, Wexford after that. Um, but they'd know deep in their hearts, like that that's a great chance, kind of begging. No, it was a game the opposition didn't win, it was a game they threw away. Yeah, I suppose the pressure's on uh, on Dublin now. I think there's direct direct relegation from from this Leinster round robin series if if Kerry don't win the Joe McDonough Cup. And I suppose after Westmead having a great win down there at the weekend, that's probably looking a, a small bit less likely. So it, it's a huge pressure on these teams, even though they are being competitive. Awfully, were competitive enough against Galway the first day. One of them's going to drop down if into the second tier. See, Doran, this is the this is always the danger, right? This is always danger. Um, if you don't start winning the games, right? As you said, your destiny is taken out of your hands. When you go into your own game, you know like that you can you can control that to an extent. As you said, they're relying on a win there. They're relying on someone else to keep them in. Well, they have to win, and they're relying on someone else. It's, it's too much of an ask, and it's just a pity, like because for the last two weeks, like they played, they played great hurling. Yeah, I know. And if Terry don't win, it's looking like themselves or, or Dublin are going to be, or Dublin or Offaly, sorry, are going to be relegated out of, yeah. out of that division. Which is, I don't know, probably they're probably uh, step ahead of the others at the minute. But it'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the next few weeks. And uh, Kilkenny had a, a probably a run of the mill victory over. Uh, uh, Offaly uh, two one two nineteen to one thirteen. It sets up a probably mouth watering tie this weekend against the All Ireland champions. Are you looking forward to that one, Sean Oak? Between Cork and Tipperary and Galway and Kilkenny, they're going to be games that are wrong this weekend. 
Dollar after a week off, do you know what I mean? Like should be going in. That's like, do you know that that, that, that that's more bit fresher. Okay, against the Kilkenny team, I know they weren't they weren't seriously tested, but at the same time, they still had to tug off. Do you know what I mean? Like and go through the routine. Like so, uh, whether fellas realize it or not, that takes a bit off you. Like do you know what I mean? Can I when you're coming up against a fresher team? Um, Kilkenny have the comfort that they have. Do you know what I mean? Two games behind them. I'd say Galway would want to take off the pressure if they can win this Sunday. I have a funny feeling, like, can I even before, like, just say when the draws were made, that Galway were probably looking at this as a big game for them to win, like. And I think they'll win it. You think you think Galway going to win? You think Galway are in the I best think position to win it? I think Galway will win it because I don't think Kilkenny are playing that particularly well. Kilkenny will treat it, <clears throat> they'll treat it as another serious game, as they always do. But it's not the end of the world if they don't win. They have like they have the comfort like that they have four points, do you know what I mean, kinda in the bag already. Galway will probably I I I think they'll put in a better performance. The fact that they've had a week off. And you'd be amazed what a week off does like, do you know what I mean? Kinda uh, the team. So I think the fact that Galway probably want the comfort of winning another game. So they're they're going all out to do it. And the fact that they have, uh, the fact that they're coming in like that bit, like kind of fresh, I'll give them the nod over Kilkenny. Yeah, no, I suppose a bit like um, Tipperary, to be big pressure on Clare to win this weekend. I know they're at home to Waterford, and it's a game you you would expect them to win, but you still don't know the All Ireland finalists from last year. As you were said, they, they might have drawn a line under the league performances, and you'd be hoping for a bit better from them come the championship. Um, do, you, do you think Clare are going to win that one, Sean Oak? If, if I was to use the same analogy you now as, you know, the Kilkenny-Galway game, well, I'm going to throw a spanner. I, 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 I'm going to be with you in this one. I'm going with the opposite where I think Clare, Clare would have benefited with the game last weekend going into this one where Waterford are going into this game, right, with no game played yet because they had a boy and the fact that their last competitive game you had to go back to the the league relegation game against Cork and Parky Ren. I think it was the end of March. Do you know what I mean? So there was a time for Clare to win a game. This needs to be it. Do you know what I mean? Like to stay in contention. And they need to use the game from last weekend, the hurling game underneath their belt and the hurling sharpness to get one over Waterford I, I, I fancy clear this weekend uh, Just having a quick look at the football there uh, something I asked Shane about earlier on um, Tipperary manager Liam Kearns was very disappointed with the six day turnaround that's been put on the players and they're going down to face your 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 native Cork um, in the Munster semi-final this weekend What do you, what's your overall thoughts on the six day turnaround for these players I know the hurlers do it, have done it every week but I suppose um, it, it's something new for a football to even less than a week I would have a small bit of sympathy for Tipperary. It seems to be those counties that seem to be punished more, do you know what I mean, than the bigger counties. And I would have sympathy for them, like, you know, that game. I, like, I didn't see Norse to play that game next week. Maybe two weeks' time would have been a true reflection, do you know what I mean? And then I would concur, I would I, I would have the same sentiments as Liam Kearns, like, do you know, the fact that they had to turn around. Having said that, though, if you're a player, do you know, can I, I suppose... When it comes to the summer, you just want to play. Like mm-hmm. from a player's perspective, what would you rather? Do you know what I mean? Kind of have to do three or four training sessions over two weeks or play a game. And again, like Cork, after a poor league performance, 
they're coming into this game called Tipperary one last week. Relatively speaking, we knew they were going to win. So basically, Tip should use this to their, to their advantage. So I, I, like, I know it's hard, but if you look at the, say, the circumstances going into this game, I don't think they shouldn't too down at the spawning. Do you know what I mean? Like Corker Roy, for the taking. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you heard that coming out of the camp, um, about how Cork footballers are going, or is it is it a known fact that things aren't going well down there, Sean Oak? Well, we saw from the league. Yeah, we saw from the league like that. Um, they didn't have a great league campaign. Further to that, some of their games, like like the standard of football or the performances, like were terrible. Do you know what I mean? Like so, um, they've kept their nice and they've kept their nice and quiet. They've seemed to circle the wagons, and you'd probably get. Ronan McCarthy is probably drilling to the Cork players and saying, look, everyone is saying you have no chance, so Cork have nothing to lose, and you'll probably see a much better performance. My biggest problem is you can't turn it on like a light switch. Do you know what I mean? So, like, kinda, uh, I don't think they've shown enough form coming into this game to beat Tipperary. Yeah, that's very interesting to say there. And I also mentioned to Shane earlier on, I don't, I don't know if you were listening there or that, but um, about I read an article about Michael Quirk today and he couldn't believe the, the amount of dirt that Brian Gavin got from inside the Offaly dressing room on his players. And I know we're not going to talk about Offaly again here, but when you when you were playing with, back in your day with with Cork and that kind of thing, was it imperative that you had that trust that, that no one had, um, probably when things were going well anyway, that, that no one would say anything to anyone outside the camp? It is one of the golden rules in the dress room. Anyone that's been in the dress room, like, you know, what stays in the dress room, like, you know what I mean? Or what happens stays in the dress room. And then kind of, you can let public and media speculate, but like, don't, don't come out and kind of, but Brian, Brian Gavin with those comments, like, kind of, he definitely scored a known goal there, like, you know what I mean? And then basically what it is, is it just, it just creates a further wedge between the players, like, and the hierarchy and the board, like, you know? So, um, so you can imagine morale there now, do you know what I mean? Kind of morale must be in an all-time low. And I know kind of since the last time we spoke, I said it was better off just to leave Stephen Wallace out his term. Poor fella didn't even last his term, do you know what I mean? He's gone, like, so... Um, and it looked like that he had the backing of the players, do you know? Um, so there's been a lot of mixed messages come out. So basically, whatever chance they had... It needed Stephen Wallace to stay there. He's no longer there. So I'd say, I say, I, I, I say, all trust. I say, all trust has gone out the door now. When things were going well, he would say that like people wouldn't even ask down in Curry how the team was going, or they wouldn't even because they knew that there was they wouldn't get no answer. And I presume when you were in the height of your powers, like as well, um, there, there wasn't a word when things were going well. Anyway, I suppose when things are going yeah, bad, yeah, or always, even even things going bad, like kind of. So people will come and say, is it true? And say, Jesus, first I heard of it. You know, whether whether it is or not, the key is to tell people what they believe in, whether that's the truth or not. Like, So over the years, whether cock were done good or bad, if there was something, you know, someone said, oh, I heard such and such, didn't see it. First I heard of it, and just leave it at that. Yeah, I know, that's, that, that's exactly it. No more than us when we were going things with Westmead. I don't know if you saw out there, Sean Og, but Frank Brown, he's a... Manager of Mohill senior team in Leitrim, he's 
painted a grim grim portrayal, I suppose, of club life for, for a manager in, in a rural county. They're Leitrim uh, club champions and they have nine players involved with the with, with the county team. And I think they had to concede um, two league games over over recent times due to um, players probably going abroad to work and so forth, depopulation and then having so many involved with the county team. Um, do you think that's systematic of, of club life in rural Ireland? Probably yes and no. He's probably made his case public. You probably have other rural teams like they don't have that same situation. You know, a scenario like can I um to be fair to him, Leitrim would be a very extreme case where playing numbers are very little. Like do you know what I mean? So nine fellas missing like you know either into county involvement or gone abroad. Like can I like that's going to decimate them compared to other rural places. Do you know what I mean? That might have just more numbers than they would like but I'd imagine like can I, would it be like would this scenario be no different to you know last couple of years do you know what I mean can I where um, I think he, I think his big issue with Sean O'Gee is is the lack of um, structure as regards wh- when the games are going to be played, um, and uh, having the availability of certain players for for that game. And he, he thinks that um, a lot of other associations have got their uh, probably act in order. And I have to say, Westmead County Board, having fairness, dealing with them over the last couple of years, compared to what I've done before, at least you know when you're playing league games and when you're playing championship games. And um, it, It's the got same in court. It's the same. Yeah, like, we be, the, we be like yourselves, no, like, we know that the county season, no, like, takes dominance for the next club games still go on. We're playing club games, so for the next five weekends, Okay, we're playing club football games. We're a bit lucky that we don't have, like, Christopher Joyce, who plays with us. He doesn't play Gaelic football with us, so he's not holding up any club games. See, that case more like that's extreme because, basically, even if we had an inter-county player in Valbert Cork, we'd, we'd have enough numbers to feel a team to go playing. We're the same, but I suppose, as you're saying, nine, nine is very is, is extreme oh, numbers. Even to be down three or four, like at the county, like if you're three or four in the county, preserve even one or two, to be down them, like, is it'd be hard to replace them. But nine, odd, like, my heart would go to, you know, uh, Frank in that situation, like, you know. But I think clubs are just going to have to, do you know what I mean? Kind of without their inter county players for league games, though, do you know what I mean? Not championship, but league games. For the next month or two, I mean, that's always been the case in Cork. Do you know what I mean? When I was playing with Cork, oh, club games still went ahead, or the club played club games or challenge games without me. Up to ten years there, even when I was playing Westmead, though, you could have a game organised and suddenly it's pulled and it's on the week after. But at least now they go ahead regardless, and you have a structure for the year, and you can actually plan a holiday, which is which is the way it should be, should be done. But you'd have to feel sorry for 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 them lads. It's certainly an extreme situation. Um, Sean Og, as always, it's been a been, been a pleasure to talk to you and get an insight into the last weekend weekend's games and a preview preview of next weekend's games I, I hope uh, I was saying to Shane my, the predictions aren't going too well you're going alright at the football yourself you're, 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 m- you know, funny enough my football ones my football ones are going much better than the Hurling ones man they, the Hurling ones let me down Jesus Tipperary and Tipping Dublin left me down, but I was delighted. You know what? I was delighted with the Monaghan call. Out of all the calls that I made, I, I was more, I, I, I was the most proudest with the Monaghan one. Because I kind of had a feel, had a funny sneak in there with the Drew one over Tyrone. I actually, I actually think, just looking at the league, the Monaghan had, you know, I, 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 I thought pound for pound, 
they played better, you know, over the league than Tyrone, and I and I felt if they carried that to, that through to the championship, that that should that should have enough, like so. Um, so yeah, I look forward to my predictions this weekend. It's gonna. You're be, not. You're. you're Shane I, said he's going to sit on the fence this weekend. You, you're not going to go soft on us like like that, are you? Yeah, that man's backside must be worn sitting on the fence, man. Jesus. <laughs> As always, Sean Org, it's been a pleasure. And for everybody else, tune in and listen to us. Thanks very much. Um, tune in to us next weekend and get an insight into all things GA. Until then, good night, Ryan Talib. <laughs>